Welcome to Tea and Sympathy, where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I am one of your hosts, Sarah. I'm uh, the other host, Melissa. And we are um, available to be reached and complimented on social media at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. (laughs) I was so obnoxious. I'm sorry. Um, Oh, I love it. Keep it up. We're online at tandsympathypod.com. You can mail us at tandsympathypod at gmail.com. And we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash tandsympathypod. And if you would like to, if this is your first visit to Tea and Sympathy, you can find us and all of our seasons and episodes and mini pods and back our voluminous back catalog. Yeah, big, big pods. And at <laughs> our big podcast. Pod. <laughs> and our podcast, you know, I'm on Podbean as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to all of your murder podcasts, because that seems like most of what people do. I mean, <laughs> I will just say I blew, I just blew through, uh, it's either it's your own backyard or our own, it's your own backyard, blew through it, could not, I, I have so such a such a backup such a backup of of actual pods that i subscribe to because i couldn't <laughs> stop listening to it and i'm not normally a murdery i'm very i'm very choosy i'm very choosy about my murder podcasts yeah that's good they're not all good they're not all I, yeah no sometimes it's good to not you gotta have a good story because just like taking in all that trauma is <laughs> harmful after a while well and like some of them just aren't interesting I'm trying to think of one that was like I was like well like the Dr. Death one like now they have a whole series like I loved I loved Dr. Death I love the associated Dr. Death universe I love I actually thought the TV show was very good but then they've had like follow-up ones and I'm like guys um uh, unless you've got a whole slew of um sociopathic doctors in the you know murdering right. people like right. uh, which there might be but like i don't know anyways uh welcome to critique of murder podcast with <laughs> melissa and sarah you know what podcast i listened to on my um long drive to new jersey earlier Ooh, this, tell. this fall or i guess late summer um it, it wasn't the in, I guess it was well done. It just wasn't as highly produced as some are, but um, mm. it's about the disappearance of um, Sneha Phillip, Phillips. That one Do you I remember? She, oh. she lived um, in downtown New York City and she disappeared September 10th, 2001. Oh. And in the, you know, in the wake of, September 11th and everything yeah. happened in her like immediate neighborhood she was at first was dismissed Ooh, as like yeah. if she had been killed you know as a bystander or what have you but they never found any evidence to suggest that that is what happened and they've never they've never <laughs> figured it out and they've never found a clue there were a few if you listen to it I mean you'll form your own theories but um the, one of the popular ones is that she just walked away from her life and I mean disappeared herself 
girl i feel you (laughs) anyway it's um is it good it's like i know you said it's not particularly like very well produced but so it's it's really it's really well recorded okay well reported um i'm trying to find the name of it before we move on um (laughs) um it's just that there's some there's some episodes that go back over I think it's called Missing on 9-11. Sometimes they're a little long in the tooth, um, the episodes, <laughs> but um, but it's there's a lot of detail to cover and there's a lot of Sneha Phillip missing on 9-11. So 9-11. Anyway, um, this is a mini pod and <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Woo! Um, I think we're I I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm definitely like it's that time of the year where I'm just like bye. I go in into hibernation like loopy and just off it. I just am not. Oh, I yeah. Keep a thought in my head. No, it's time to like cook stuff and watch yep. shows. And... Exactly. Can't keep a thought in my head. Not, um, not work. It's not time to do work. <laughs> nope. Uh, great cold open. I'm sorry. I love them. I just, I, they're bizarre and. I feel like they are very the mighty Boosh Noel Fielding inspired (laughs) and I love it. Like I, I just, I honestly, it was slightly bonkers, but I love it. Uh, This was, so the sense, this is a mini pod that there'll be spoilers just so you know, if you're you're in town, jumped right into it. Uh, But yes, Paul plays a Elvis, a prosperous Elvis, as my father would say about somebody who's, (laughs) Packed on a few pounds, looking prosperous. Prosperous. Um, prosperous. A jolly Elvis. It, it's funny to me because it seems that there's a line that Prue draws. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's there's she doesn't only portray. so much uh, tomfoolery she can handle. Do you think they asked her to dress up as like I don't even know Janis Joplin? Somebody and she was like, She's dressed up before, though. She dressed up for the Wizard of Oz cold open. And when they did like a band, when they were all playing instruments, she did it. So who knows? Maybe they're just writing it as she's the straight man. Who knows? (laughs) She's like, Who knows? Stop this nonsense. But uh... no, what's nonsense is their clothing. I'm blind. I have to focus on Paul because he's always wearing a solid color shirt and I can't look at the three of them next to each other. Like Matt with his damn octopus shirt, which I would love in isolation, but then I can't, (laughs) it gives me, it gives me a headache. My eyes hurt. Do you, um, has he worn that shirt before or has, has Noel worn it? I feel like there's been a lobster. Something. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's worn it, but I don't doubt that there has been some other sort of, uh, marine life t-shirt, yeah. shirt, shirt, clothing. Well, it was patisserie week and it was the semifinals. So it was a big, it was. and let me tell you, everybody delivered. Yeah, I mean, my first note was layered slices. Great challenge. Great challenge. Yes, eight slices um, to be at least three layers. Everybody did more than three. Tidy, something that would look like it was not out of place in a Parisian 
window. Parisian. I always say that. And nobody they made like Parisian. Their <laughs> the accents lately are killing me. I don't know why. Just the UK accents in general. Just the I think it's because I've been watching too much of that show, which whatever. We can not cover it, cover it. Nobody made Black Forest flavored anything and nobody made miso caramel flavored. I know I wrote, well, at least no miso yet, but there's more black sesame again. I thought she was going to go in on it. I really did. I did too. I, the minute she said miso and black or minute she said yuzu and black sesame, I was like, oh God, here we go. I am. But it was delightfully devoid of miso. I just, I was so, my heart was in my throat for Chigs from the opening of the show. And yeah, it's because jump. it's because I've become a huge Chigs fan. And I just was like, please don't, don't let him screw up. Like, please don't I let know. him go down. Names. Like, we'll if he had to it at the technical, but like, that was, I, <sighs> if he had to go, he had to go. But like, um, and he didn't, by the way. Um, yeah. The Chig big, stayed. yeah, Chigs Despite stayed. his slightly disastrous technical <laughs> well none of them did great <laughs> yeah um so they did their slices and I, I thought that I actually thought at first glance that crystals were a little bit of a mess, I thought but... they looked sloppy and big I thought they were going to say they're far too large and they're sloppy looking uh they were they and I thought they were for sure going to be like these are too big they're ham-handed mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and uh they were not the crew said they were beautiful so um but what happened in the signature was remarkable because there were four four bakers left and three of them three got handshakes, handshakes Oof. which you Rough. know if you're Jurgen and you don't get a handshake that's yeah it's wild I think I Chigs I feel like I mean Chigs is Chigs is, is, is his were just lovely. Like they were just so perfect and crisp and, um, they looked perfect. They did. I, I think we need to talk about the fact that two bakers now have forgotten to put flour into things. Yes. But Giuseppe saved (laughs) saved it, but I'm like, guys, 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 it's a baking competition. You're always going to put flour in it, except for the free from week. <laughs> it's almost always going to have flour. In it's it. almost always going to have. Um, Matt called his raisins, his sultanas, a pooey porridge. And it just made me laugh. Well, they didn't. It didn't look good. So Giuseppe didn't made look great. Um, I, his slices were tiramisu with a layer of like Marsala, Marsala, sultana. It did not sound good to me. I'm I'm sorry. I was really I was like this. I don't I don't like this. Why are you putting a a chunky layer in a tiramisu? It didn't. I tried to think about it in terms of tiramisu, and it didn't sound. It, it didn't make sense to me either. But they sure loved it. So they did. I just exactly like texture wise. I was like, isn't the whole point of tiramisu is that you basically like shovel a m- boozy cheesy cloud in your mouth <laughs> i mean that I does sound appealing <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, yeah so they they all got handshakes except for Jurgen, um, and his didn't uh, look perfect they didn't look fantastic but they, they didn't look, look 
great, but I did think they looked better than Christelle's. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, I feel like it was a weird, I don't know. I think, well, you know, obviously this is sort of a trend throughout this episode, but I didn't. Eh. Uh, I really did. Well, let's say, let's talk potentially about with good, t- potentially with, you know, great timing. Jurgen just, just basically ran out of mm-hmm. fresh, fresh out of fucks. Yeah, he did seem a little bit off of like on his back foot a little bit and not because he was out of his depth, just kind of like. No, because people were just in his, in his business, up in his, up in his kitchen. Yeah, they were. That's true. It was very, I, I don't blame him. I'm, I was also very much tiring of Noel's nonsense. Yeah, they were. um... It was too much. It was like, sorry, go ahead. No, they were they were annoying. They were being annoying. <laughs> yeah, they were, and I will say they did. I I did write down. Uh, I think later they sort of become self aware of it. But I'm like, it's a little too late, guys. You're slightly irritating. You're not you're not being funny right now. Like you're in the way. The stakes are too high to be that much. The stakes of a are too high. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly my point. Um, I felt like the technical was really hard. I felt like Prue picked a really mean. Did you see? Yeah. I don't. Hmm. Well, here's why. On the one. Okay. Yes. Please, a lot of um, relatively uh, to me anyway, correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody um, relatively <laughs> obscure. Mm. Um, it was a sadly Breton tart. Yes. Okay. Um, and a lot of elements yes two hours to make yeah it was far too short they had to make the base they had to make the raspberry jam the confiture then they had right. to make the pistachio mousseline cream and yeah. then on top of that there was fruit and which had to be glazed and then meringue curls and meringue yeah meringue kisses that had to be gilded and then yeah. tempered chocolate curls so there was a shitload of stuff of and um, some of them didn't know that you know the tart was supposed to be basically one big flat cookie mm-hmm. and they were guessing I mean Jurgen knew what it was supposed to be but the other three were like mm, I don't know and Giuseppe and Christelle guessed wrong yeah everybody was flailing a little I'm bit. of two minds so on the one hand totally agree uh Chigs kept calling it creme Mussolini, which is my new favorite thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, okay, so so yes, agreed. Far too short. Uh, weird thing that no one has ever heard of. However, as they've done in the past, I feel like at the semifinal and the final level, or in sort of technicals past, where they give things that are all made up of elements that they like should know how to do. Like yeah. a sable breton is a sable, like it's a it's a sable base, so you should know how to do that. It's jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they made a jam. Um creme Mussolini. <laughs> like that one seemed to have tripped up a lot of people, but I, and I don't know. And obviously we know that the directions are sparse. So 
It was not enough time. I thought, honestly, I thought that the meringue kisses and the chocolate curls were absurd. Nobody. Why? Why? What do you care? Uh, but I felt like if you just sort of followed the directions, I don't know. I mean, Shig's bombed it hard. Yeah, nobody did great, but Jurgen did the best, um, even though he overbaked his. I didn't think it looked overbaked, though. I'm very confused because his looked. I feel like his looked around the same color as the one their like platonic ideal that they always present at the beginning. So (laughs) I don't know. I was very. It was not enough time. It was sort of unclear. I felt like the goalposts got moved a lot on this one it's funny to me because usually at some point close to the end of the competition they do like they throw like a real banana at these people in the technical and everybody Mm -hmm. sort of is like well as long as i put something out there whatever who cares like they just can't be can't be arsed just gotta whack it out there and i feel like this was was one of those and it's funny to me because typically when they go nuts and put a bunch of meringue kisses and gilded stuff and chocolate curls on things paul and Prue, yeah paul and Prue yell at them well everything's different when they ask for it i guess so so the the showstopper was a was it 12 or 8 it was a 12, a 12 piece entre me Entremet. Entremet. A 12-piece entremet with a sculptural... Uh, Edible sculptural element. Uh, centerpiece. Which none of them ate. Nope, they didn't even touch it. So again, look. <laughs> you make it harder by like giving, making additional things. I love how it's like, make a banquet entremet with an centerpiece as if this is like a normal thing that people do not in baking competitions. So who like, were you who were you worried about going into the showstopper if anybody? Going into the showstopper? Mm-hmm. Chigs, I was worried about Chigs. Big worry. Big I was Chigs. worried about Chigs and Giuseppe. Big Chig, yeah. Big Chigs worry. Less so Giuseppe when I like saw him like his coming together so nicely and tidily. I was worried for him because when he was putting the um, bright green mirror I mean, that color was bleh. because he had been counting off all the gelatin he was putting in stuff. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, because you oh, remember yeah, what he did with his caramel. Yes, and he, he was putting the green glaze on and it looked really gloppy. And I was like, that's going to be like biting into a rubber a tire. Thing. Yeah, a rubber tire. And then they were arranged. It looked like they were. <laughs> They look like green turds. Like, yeah, or boobs arranged around. <laughs> they did look like green boobs. His uh pretty simple. Like like it looked cool, but it was fairly simple leaning tower yeah. of pizza. And I thought they were gonna ring him up for that. Yeah, it was a also where's Jurgen's piece? It was a piece gate. Where did it go? I wanna know. I must know the truth. Did he just not make it? I think he didn't just make it. I mean, he, he was making um, a Shinto eight. It was lovely. It was. I, uh, I don't know. I sort of, I felt, hmm, I had very mixed emotions because I sort of liked it. I like, I like 
I don't like it when they do colors that are crazy that I'm sorry, that green color of Giuseppe's was like, I'm like, I don't want to put that in my mouth. I'd rather put that nice, like pale green looking like, I don't know, but I'm clear. I'm not a judge. It's kind of like Prue's thing where she doesn't find blue food appetizing. And that's because yeah, you really I don't, don't find green food appetizing. You don't see it really in nature outside of like or at least broccoli. Or, you know what I, mean? I don't find that color green. Yeah. It was forest green I, or Kelly green. I don't want to eat that. So I was worried about him. Um, yeah. Jurgens looked a little unfinished. Smudgy. His, his boats looked a wee bit smudgy. But uh, Giuseppe, when so he had pine nut babawa inside of his. I was excited hand. about that. But when Prue said, like, I'm not getting the pine nut, I was like, I, I don't know that, like, that's not, it's a very subtle flavor. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're looking for. The best choice. But anyway, so they were, they were underwhelmed with the flavor, even though it looked great. <clears throat> I got nervous when they picked out the cherry and they were like without the cherry it doesn't um I know. taste like anything and it is but boy did they go crazy for Christelle and chicks yeah I know and I it was such a I was so pleased for chicks because they were I think Paul was like genuinely impressed I know <laughs> like, I just really. wrote I wrote I, oh, I'm so proud of him <laughs> <laughs> um I got, I definitely got a little, I got teary. I mean, I got teary eyed during the judging. I, you know, Christelle has gone like up and down for me some day, some weeks I love her. And some weeks I'm like, please stop. I, (laughs) please, I'm begging you. (laughs) But she was, I mean, we'll just say it right now. Christelle got star Baker. Yeah. Well-deserved, deserved. She deserved it. And everybody was shocked that Jurgen went home. I mean, that was. I mean, Jurgen wasn't. Everyone's faces were wild. Um, I I knew that it was coming. I figured I, I that was my guess that he would be the one because Giuseppe had done better in the signature. Yeah, but and only then, slightly better. Yes, and then he was second, second. in the festival. So I. I was worried about him too, but not as much as I was like, I think this is going to be Jurgen's time to go. And Jurgen was pretty much like, yeah, I'm really sad about it, but like, whatever. <laughs> He's like, I'm good guys. Bye. He accepted Stop it. Very... Talking to me about my trombone. <laughs> he accepted it very Germanly. He did. He accepted his, um, you know, so <laughs> I don't know why, where I, where this came from and wrote this down, but I was so amused by it. Someone said scared sockless. Oh, Giuseppe did. Yes, he did. <laughs> and I was like, is, is that an expression from somewhere? Is I, scared sockless a thing? I'm glad that they didn't make, or at least they didn't make it to the final show. I'm glad they didn't make any creme Mussolini jokes. <laughs> Giuseppe. I mean, oh, <laughs> when, they were, when, they were, when they were making them, I was like, oh, like, oh good guys, 
but it was really adorable when Chiggs did it because everything that Chiggs does is adorable. And I love that he keeps wearing his glasses and then being like, why do I keep doing this? I'm like, I don't know. You're the one that's wearing them. <laughs> well, it was help definitely us help you. <laughs> it was definitely a feel a feel good episode. It was a feel good episode. The second it was... one in a row. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a feel good episode despite the incessant host nattering i have to say they were really annoying this time i didn't even get like there was like a whole like robert de niro impression shtick which why he asked chig did he say was it like was it like chigs i heard you do a good robert de niro or like chigs can you do a robert de niro impression no i think matt was doing it and then chigs was like is that supposed to be robert de niro oh and Matt was like, yeah, taxi driver. Yeah, I did not get there was a lot of you know, he said, yeah, he said, is it from taxi driver? I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't there know. There are why. a lot of jokes done by the I wouldn't even call let's not call them jokes. There was a lot of <laughs> buffoonery from yeah. the hosts. Yeah. And I was just sort of over it. They were buffoons, and I um I understand more now because you sent me that article about how this person was enraged at Matt. <laughs> how I thought that he was leaving when I really just read it at the <laughs> very early hour and I didn't, I missed an actual, like I missed a, just a word. Yes. Yeah. But somebody, there's somebody out there that's really enraged at at Matt Lucas oh and his inter, supposed interfering and in, in what the bakers are doing. He and- was less, but like, I honestly feel like it's always Noel that interferes more than Matt does. Um, I don't yeah, know. Yes, I, I feel like the last time that I felt like Noel was really in somebody's face all the time was the um, the Alice when he was flirting with Alice all the time. And I mean, oh. I, I say flirting, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. No, right. He was very... You know, like flirtatious. What, it's fine. What's your favorite drink on a night out? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because Alice was like, oh, whatever's available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> At a girl, Alice. Uh yeah, I was thankfully uh very good bakers because the hosts were meh. They were entre meh. Meh. They were. I'm gonna keep making that joke. You know what I love about Patisserie Week is that nobody's going to have to make a friggin' chutney or a dip or oh, an a custard or condiment or some shit that's going to get messed up at the last minute that they can dock them for that has nothing to do with baking. Yeah. yeah. It's like something that they just try to like, just like microwave it. My God. We all have microwaves. Just be done with it. So, I don't like that they like a no, like they were so pissed. Those. So the um, meringue kisses and they like docked. I mean, Chigs got docked for almost everything, mm-hmm. but they were like, they're not piped. And it was like, well, they are piped. You can make meringues without a nozzle. And what do you care? And I feel like someone else also had similarly unfluted. I, I messed up. It was just me. Yeah, that one was really, really fiddly. And I have to say, like, yes, his, his 
finished product looked atrocious and the mousseline was atrocious. The mousseline. It looked like something that happens when you like kill an alien in a science fiction movie. It, like <laughs> it looked very Independence Day where you just murder them and they go. But like he got everything done. So he did. That's, I don't even know what I would do. if it's like a, The freaking chocolate curls, man. I oh God. stupid and extraneous and ridiculous. It, it hasn't happened this season because he pulled it off when he did a chocolate color but every season when someone's like and then i'm going to finish it off with this multicolored pattern chocolate tempered chocolate and i always think no you're not because it's gonna look like (laughs) garbage and it's gonna melt and crack no you're you're not sorry (laughs) under too much pressure Uh, we know you think you are but you're not will none of you ever learn I'm going Never to make fun make... sugar, a fun sugar bird's nest. And then it's like a hundred. Also years. like chocolate collars to eat are a real pain in the butt. Yeah. Cause they go flying. Everywhere it's an enormous, like no. you got to hack through it to even get to whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to eat this hard piece of chocolate. This is weird. It's a shard. <laughs> Cut my mouth. You need to melt it like the melting spheres. Oh, oh God. Um, also, so there's this other show, and I know that you have to um, wrap things up soon, but there's another show that Melissa no, and I have been watching um, with Paul Hollywood called City Bakes, and yeah. he goes to these world cities and, and you know, eats baked things. He- but I, I want to call BS on Paul because, you know, when he gave Ruby in the Rahul season, he gave Ruby a hard time about the melting sphere. He was like, oh, you've seen this before, you simple Rube. yes. And- and then Paul, the whole premise of City Bakes is that Paul goes places and is a rube. Uh, it's not a, pre- I think it's not a, pre- like a premise makes it sound like, um, I mean, oh. I guess that's the definition. Yeah, you're right. The pre- like uh, he goes to places and is blown away by things that uh, everyone else on earth is eating. Well, like when he says the injera, the hibiscus donut killed me. Yes. What? I'm concerned for you, Paul. There are entire like Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern populace's community. What's the word I'm looking for? Middle Eastern societies, foodways. Yes. Hibiscus tea. There's hibiscus stuff in Hawaiian uh, food ways like hibiscus, brightly colored hibiscus things are 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 not new. I don't know if he's trying to like be the everyman. I think he is. I and think like, he. I think he's like trying. I don't know. I'm assuming this like aired in the UK somewhere before it went on YouTube because the air dates are dates that are like the the dates on the YouTube seem to be like times that were in the middle of the pandemic and he's just mm-hmm. like waltzing his ass around Jerusalem yeah and so <laughs> I, don't, I feel like they were maybe not exactly timed well but like I feel like he is attempting to uh, I it, think the attempt <laughs> is what makes me so nauseated about it is that the attempt is like uh people they're just like us and it's like <laughs> no well saying that like oh this injera is like a crumpet oh my god uh, please i can't 
saying that the Jerusalem bagel is like a Terran share. It isn't saying that um, the the little the little sesame. Anyway, he's like, this oh, is those like, a- like crappy little cookies that every <laughs> like, Jewish family like a, eats and like has, and no one ever wants them. <laughs> but he says it's like They're a cracker, bad. and the the host or the tour guide is like, no, stop talking. So. I mean, I'm I'm a rube, relatively speaking, and I know what injera is, and I know what a crumpet is, and the two are not, like, they both have bubbles in them, I guess, but they're not the same. Well, but then that other um, Yemeni, one of the Yemeni, which he kept calling them Yemeni pitas, and I, I don't think that's what they call, I don't think either of them are called pitas. Um <sighs> He ate terrible bagels in New York. He, oh, it was when he paired Cubana to, um, Cubana to a croissant. Right. right. It's a thousand year old bread, Paul. (laughs) Paul, may I call you Paul? Uh, the bagel. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you should watch City Bagel. He just seems to have zero concept of anything outside of. I don't even want to say Europe because he seemed so. Uh, well, I haven't watched like the ant, but uh, you said that he's like a little bit in wonky in the Antwerp one as well. But like he seems to have no cultural awareness outside of the British Isles, which yes, worries me. When he went to the he went to juniors in Brooklyn for a cheesecake and then it was like he believed that he invented the cheesecake brownie I fast forwarded through that because I was like cheesecake's disgusting I don't know why you're positioning it as some sort of like great American <laughs> well, I get Ain't nobody out here eating that much cheesecake it's gross <laughs> it's too much cheese Melissa, how do you account for the popularity of the Cheesecake Factory? There are whole factories, babe. There are whole factories. Yeah, I don't know. The Cheesecake thing, he was like, and I'm going to go to the legendary Cheesecake restaurant in New York. And I'm like, that's where you're going with this? Well, and then did they have to get that man to pretend that he'd never heard of a Cheesecake Brownie before? I, I don't like, know. Oh. I, again, I fast forwarded. <laughs> this is at every school bake sale. From sea to shining sea. Yes, it is. Also, he went to the worst bagel places. I'm just calling it now. Like <laughs> I was so, so excited. Went, <laughs> oh God. Like he went, he just it well, let me rephrase. It's not that he went to the worst bagel places, it's that he seems to have purposely avoided the rightfully famous. Like he didn't, he didn't didn't go anywhere that anyone talks about. Who cares? He went to some the 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 first bagel place that he went to. I was like, I'm sorry, is that just that looks like a chain to me? Did you just go to like a oh the chain bagel place? Also, oh my god, what he ate on that? Uh, I can't, I can't. That massive Denver omelet looking thing with meat shoved in between a bagel. Get GTFO, Paul Hollywood, get away from me immediately. Yeah, why didn't he just go to an old man? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why didn't you go to a knishery? Why didn't you go to Jonas Schimmel knishery? Why didn't you go to Russ and Daughters? Why didn't I? Don't... You know who went to Russ and Daughters? 
Matthew Reese on the wine show. Yeah, he did. I'm also Anthony Bourdain. I'm, I believe, but yeah, uh, I was, I, yeah, I was a little uh, similarly when he was in New York and he was like, this man is uh, blowing me away with no need baking. And I'm like, where the hell have you been? Wasn't know, like, no was... need baking like a thing like three, four years? Like I still lived in Chicago when people were talking about no need baking. So it was at minimum five to six years ago. The only bread that I make is no need baking. No and need he's bread. out here being like this. He's revolutionizing the bread world. And we're like, I mean, he might be. I really I have but... to that the, the target audience for this was like a very specific like group I mean, of it's, pensioners yeah. in Devon or something. I don't really know. I I'm think Devon about. is even a little too, like it's a specific group of pensioners in uh, in Manchester. It was just like ladies it's and a gentlemen. specific group of chavs <laughs> people, people in, in Belgium Birmingham. eat food. Here yeah. There. I will say though it was so funny that like he always scrunches up his nose about anything that is not like meat based. And then he was just like so overjoyed in the falafel place in Jerusalem. And he was just like, I love it here. And I'm like, welcome to the rest of the world, Paul. <laughs> he's, out here, say, he's out here being like, I've discovered Sabich. And it's like, no, you have not. No, I've, I've, I've seen Sabich. Um, Sabich is everywhere. Yeah. It's like all of these things are like, duh, where have you been? <laughs> I came here with my nan. Despite Ten years our, ago, despite, why did he get Australian? I why is he crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's extremely poor. Liver oh, puddle. All right, have well, we, Yeah, we I should, probably should wrap it up. I guess. Wrap it up. Oh, I just closed my script. <laughs> do you want to just do the whole thing? Yeah, sure. Great. Um, so uh, find us on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod <laughs> on the internet at T and Sympathy Reach out and touch us at tea and sympathy pod <laughs> email.com virtually and find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash tea and sympathy pod. Listen to us literally almost anywhere. Rate and review, please. Yes, thank you, Melissa, for remembering. Rate and My review. God. Um, and we're coming up on the end of Bake Off. Many and, pods. Um Melissa's not going to watch season six of Shetland with me. So we're going to watch ghosts. (laughs) So we're going to watch ghosts. All right. Um, Until next time. It's the Tea and Sympathy podcast. Signing off. Bye-bye. The Tea and Sympathy podcast is hosted and produced by Melissa and Sarah. It is recorded from Cleveland and Nashville on Zoom using Blue Snowball USB microphones. Tea and Sympathy is edited in Audacity, a free, open-source, cross-platform audio software available at www.audacityteam.org.
Tea and Sympathy is hosted and published on Podbean. Thanks for listening.